It's time for Love Talk with the Love Ladies, Kathy, Carrie, and Marley. And good morning, friends. Happy Saturday to you. We are thrilled to be with you here on Love Talk on the Bridge Austin. Today's Christian talk where we are building bridges of love and leadership. I am your host, Kathy Endebrock, and I have in studio with me my two amazing co-hosts, Coach Carrie Brinkader. Coach Carrie, great to have you with us this morning. Thank you, Kathy. Great to be here, as always, with the love ladies in the studio. <laughs> and Marlene McMichael. Marlene, it's great to have you with us. Thank you. It's great to be here. Well, we are talk, love talking about so many incredible things this summer, talking about what God is doing. And I just feel like it has opened mm-hmm. my eyes to so much that I had not realized. And we're going to be uh, talking. We have a very special guest in studio with us today. You know, when I think about what God is doing, he is always equipping us. He's equipping mm-hmm. us for the work that he's prepared for us. And so today we're going to talk about equipping our children for back to school. So we have uh, a professional equipper in studio with us, <laughs> and we're going to be introducing her in just a moment. But uh, Marlene, Coach Carrie, how's your week been? Back to school, I tell you. Here we are. It's crazy to think that it's already August and uh, we're back to school. Y- you know, uh, for how long do do I say that in my life? Back to school, <laughs> right? I guess a few more years. I mean, Logan's a senior and. Kinsey's starting her freshman year in college, so wow. I, I mean, I guess for a few more years, I'll be saying, I'll be thinking in along those yeah. lines. Right? You too. Just yeah. you. But we have one more back-to-school high school year, and then after that, it's four more years of back-to-school for college. <laughs> and then, I guess, after that, it's the it's the world of work where it just never stops. That's right. That's right. That's Marlene's right. shaking her head. Yes, because <laughs> I have no littles, and, and therefore, no back-to-schools, not even <laughs> grand-littles. Right. <laughs> so, right. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's back-to-work. And that's a daily thing. That <laughs> is daily. Isn't that sure. funny when yearly becomes daily? Oh, yeah. gosh. I know. Yeah. And, but, you know, the college back to school looks a little different than the high school back to school. It too. does. It does. Well, you know? one of the things that I love is that we kind of, because we're all experienced women and mamas with all of this, we can share some of our harrowing stories, some of the things <laughs> that we've learned along the way. Uh, but what I love about Love Talk is we don't just rely on experience. We get straight into God's Word. We apply that to life every day. And we bring in business professionals who love Jesus, who know Jesus, and who are doing His work in their field. And so we're going to be meeting one of those professionals today. Marlene, I would love to have you introduce our special guest. That would be my pleasure. Um, I've just met this lady, but I've talked to her several times on the phone and by email, and and I'm delighted to introduce our listeners to Suzanne Wood, who is a licensed professional counselor and the program director for the Georgetown Office of the HOPE Program. Her experience includes working with couples, individuals, and groups. She believes in the transformative outcomes of the counseling process are invaluable. Through counseling, people can experience less anxiety, depression, and regret, while gaining greater confidence, satisfaction, and better relationships. Prior to taking the role on as program director, Suzanne worked at the Baptist Children's Home Family Care Program in Round Rock as a residential family life coordinator and counselor. As part of her lifelong passion for helping others, Suzanne receives specialized training in the Trust-Based Relational Intervention, which is TBRI, and certification in eye movement, desensitization, and reprocessing. She is a member of the Christian Counselors of Texas. She and her husband, Joe, have raised two sons and are the proud grandparents of seven grandchildren. They enjoy uh, traveling to visit friends and family. They are members of First Baptist Church in Georgetown. And Suzanne has a Bachelor of Applied Arts and Sciences from Texas State University. We have to talk about that because so do I. (laughs) As well as a Master's in Professional Counseling from Liberty University. So welcome, Suzanne. Well, uh, thank you, Marlene. It's so great to be here with you, love ladies, and um, (laughs) making me feel at home. I really appreciate it. It's an honor to be here with you today. 
Well, we are going to put you in the hot seat, and we have a lot of questions for you. It is it is hot outside, but we turned up the, the air conditioning just for you with all the questions we are going to pepper you with. But, Suzanne, we want to start with the most important question that all of us need to know the answer to, and that is, how did you come to know that Jesus loves you? Well, I'm just so grateful that Jesus chose me. He called me out at a young age to have a relationship with him. And his forgiveness and love and comfort have sustained me throughout my life. Uh, Specifically, I came to learn about God through going to church. I just loved going to church, Sunday school, hearing the pastor's sermons, and I uh, was taught how to pray. I loved the church music, the songs, and the hymns. So I was just really uh, motivated. By the time I was 11, as soon as I felt like my family would allow me to go do this, um, I was able to get baptized and um, just never really looked back. I did stray for a few years um, as as a young adult, but I did come back to the Lord, and his hand's been on me all my life. Well, you know, Susanna, I, you know, you make it, it sounds like, you know, a lot of us, when we hear that story, we go, oh, she had a storybook childhood, yet that is not the case. And you're going to be sharing some of your childhood with us, some deep struggles, some deep pain, um, but how the Lord saw you through that and redeemed that and brought you out on the other side of that. So we just thank you uh, just for your willingness to be so open hearted and honest with us as we get into that discussion. Absolutely. You know, I'd like to share um, a couple of key verses for today um, as we continue our discussion with Suzanne and equipping our children for back to school. Matthew chapter 19, verses 13 and 14. Then people brought little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples rebuked them. And Jesus said, oh, let the little children come to me. Do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. I I love that picture of Jesus saying, no, no, no. How many times did he have to rebuke those disciples, I tell you? Um, teaching them, equipping them, yes. right? He said, no, 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 let these children come to me. And I, I think that's a, a beautiful, beautiful picture of... Um, of this back to school, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, moving into this back to school and equipping our children first and foremost through the love of Jesus. You know, I think God has designed our children to want to run towards someone's arms oh, that yeah. loves them, that cares for them, that uh, just supports them and grows them and encourages them. And it's so important, friends. You know, we we have these organizations uh, like um, like the Hope Program. For kiddos that maybe don't have moms and dads or have broken homes, um, we have these organizations that are able to be Jesus to them. But one of the things that I, we, we really need to remember is that as moms and dads, we do show the love of Jesus ourselves mm-hmm. to our children. We don't send them to church to do that. We certainly don't send them to school for that. And we need to show them the love of Jesus every day, that unconditional love, that encouraging love, that love that sees in them um, that God indeed has wonderfully put them together and has a purpose and a plan for their life. And so we need to speak those words to them and and just grow them up with truth in their very core, in their heart and in their mind Mm -hmm. to help get their feet on solid ground. Mm -hmm. There's there's another verse that I'm going to share that comes from the Passion Translation. Somebody just gave me one of those. Uh, New I'm not Testament. familiar with this. It's it's a very it's it's a um, a flowery more flowery translation okay, is what okay. I would say. Okay. Um, but it's it's I like to to compare yeah. and I love the way uh, Psalm one twenty seven verse three was in the Passion translation because it says, "Children are God's love gift; they are heaven's generous reward." And I just think that's so special. And if every child born on this earth knew that mm. and felt that in their home life we wouldn't need Suzanne's work <laughs> <laughs> but, but can you imagine if every child truly felt they were a love, love gift, gift 
and they were somebody's reward, and and they felt and received that from those who were their caregivers Mm -hmm. and their parents. Mm. I think that would be amazing, and it's a great thing to remember as we go about our days with our children and and our grandchildren as they're topsy-turving everything in the house or whatever, you know. They're a love gift. gift. Sometimes, boy, it doesn't feel very lovely. So, Suzanne, I have a question for you. You know, we are, are, it is back to school time. We are in the throes of back to school. And I think that school is supposed to be that time for children to grow intellectually, to grow in their worldview, to have you know, we have the school system to come alongside parents and aid them in teaching the math and the sciences and, and all that. What can we do in this back-to-school period to create some memorable back-to-school traditions to where to where our kids, no matter, you know, if they're, if they're five or if they're 15, uh, what can we do to create these traditions so that they are looking forward forward to the school year rather than, um, you know, shrugging their shoulders and saying, do I have to, do I have to? Sure. Well, it really does start with uh, someone in the home setting that tone. And if we're joyful and happy ourselves, I think the children are going to pick up on that. And this is a, a time of celebration, and that is kind of the whole point of those back-to-school uh, first-day-of-school photos and <laughs> new school clothes and new backpacks and school supplies. It's a celebration. Mm-hmm. And so think about that with your children to develop age-appropriate traditions and routines that everyone can look forward to. Mm -hmm. So it's very practical. Maybe it's just something as simple as that first week back to school, baking those special treats to put in their lunchbox or for them to look forward to when they come home, having some special meals that week. And throughout the school year, having activities and experiences planned out to give the children things to look forward to at the end of their week, because it's just like us. At the end of our work day, we want something to look forward to coming home. Mm -hmm. At the end of our work week, we want to celebrate a little bit, right? Even Mm -hmm. if it's just game night, pizza night, movie night, we enjoy planning our little vacations, our day trips. And so having those things woven in throughout the school year are what keeps it fun and keeps everyone in happy and in good moods. You know, Amazon Prime was having a 40% discount on their snow cone machines, so they were like $24 for some pretty cool ones. I was like, well, every Friday you could have a snow cone machine, and each Friday you could try a new flavor of syrup. <laughs> now, of course, everyone would start with the blue raspberry. That's the best, but then pina colada would be next on my list, and every week getting a new I flavor of snow cone. it would have to be str- cherry or strawberry, right? a red oh, snow cone. Oh, red snow cone. <laughs> oh, we're so basic, right? You know, I, I really like that. I would highly encourage our mommies and daddies of littles That first week of school, they are going to be exhausted on Friday night. I would not plan an outing to the football game or a movie. (laughs) Susanne is shaking her head. They're wiped out. Okay, but I love Suzanne's recommendation of pizza night or Kathy's recommendation of a snow cone when you get home, right? Um, but they're, they're going to be mentally spent. They've had to sit in a chair and, you know, be proper and walk in a line and those things. And so adding anything to their plate, I think on Friday night, that first week of school is hard, right, Suzanne? Absolutely. Give them a break. Give them a break. Uh-huh. Yeah. Give them a little break at that snow cone and that pizza. I also um, like what you said about, like, a new lunchbox or backpack for school. My daughter um, reminded me so gently, not gently, um, (laughs) as she was preparing things to go off to college. She's like, Mom, you know, you never let me get a new lunchbox. You kept saying the one from last year was fine. It was fine. It was fine. She goes, I literally took this lunchbox to school every day for five years. (laughs) She said, I'm getting a new lunchbox. For college, I, I love that. I well, I, I'll tell you, friends, I, you know, we think about so many of the activities, the sports, the clubs, the demands of the educational viron- environment and the extracurricular environment. I'm interested in finding out how much is too much. Mm. And we have a really interesting question for Suzanne. How do you 
put into perspective cell phones and electrical devices, how do you weigh that against uh, extracurricular activity? She's going to get put. And welcome back, friends, to Love Talk here on The Bridge Austin. Today's Christian Talk, we are building bridges of love and leadership and talking today about equipping children for back to school with our very special guest, Suzanne Woods from the HOPE program. We're going to learn more about the HOPE program before uh, we put uh, Suzanne in the hot seat. Suzanne, you have such an interesting background, and I would love to hear more about that because you are a professional counselor, and that is such a unique field because it comes with a, a very special reward and not necessarily a monetary reward. So you really have to be called into it. How, how did you come to realize that children and specifically professional counseling would be part of your life call? Well, it came about over the course of my lifetime, really. But I know the Lord has been leading me on this path the entire time. Uh, there are some significant moments in my life that directed me to this call and profession. And by the time I was three years old, uh, both parents had divorced and remarried. Mm. And at age eight, my stepfather had died suddenly of a heart attack, and my mother died a few weeks later by suicide. Then uh, my younger sister and I were raised by my mother's brother and his wife with their four children. And one thing that I want our listeners to to know is that I was greatly helped during that difficult time by the stability of the routines at home and at school and at church. Um, after high school, however, I did drift away from the church for a few years. I got married, divorced, and I worked uh, to support my son as a single mother. Mm. Um, my son was about two years old when the Lord brought my husband, Joe, and his three-year-old son into our lives. And from the beginning, Joe and I based our relationship on our faith in Christ. We've now been married 39 years, and Joe uh, had adopted my son, and together we raised our sons with a commitment to serve the Lord together through the church family. Mm-hmm. Uh, when our sons were young, I operated a licensed child care home until they were older, and then we helped our church start a child care center and preschool ministry. And being involved in various ministries at the church, I began to see the needs for individuals, couples, and families to be helped along the way as ours had been. I did have a sense of wanting to give back to everyone that had helped my family and I along the way. Once our sons went off to college, that was a very difficult transition Mm -hmm. for me. (laughs) So I sought out the help of a Christian counselor at that time, Mm -hmm. and I came to appreciate the value of therapy. Through prayer and counseling, I eventually came to understand that continuing my education to become a licensed professional counselor was God's will and his way for me to serve the church and community. So you reinvented yourself after your boys flew the nest. Well, I I fulfilled, I think, what God had been calling me to do all along. And uh, I I think that I was called to work with children and families Mm -hmm. as a child care center home, later a child care center director. I did have to get some education for that. But. Working in the church ministries, the needs were so great, I realized I could not begin to help others without continuing to learn. Mm -hmm. And so this seemed the the way to go. You know, I just, I love that. The way God says that he, we are a new creation in Christ. And I think sometimes... You know, as he builds, it's like a kaleidoscope. The same beads are in there. It's mm-hmm. the same everything, but he just turns it a little mm-hmm. bit, and then all of a sudden, mm-hmm. something completely new. Mm-hmm. And so that's amazing. And it's incredible hearing that you you came from uh, a divorced family. You you lost a parent to death, another to suicide. I mean, those mm-hmm. are traumatic, traumatic mm-hmm. events. And so I just I love that God can heal. God can bring us through and um, having that support system there to help us through that. And, you know, sometimes that support system is family. And then sometimes that support system are Christian programs that kind of wrap around you and help give you that routine and those coping skills to get through that in a very positive way. Something that also struck me about what you said, Suzanne, was that you really came to depend on the routines of the household. Especially, too. And 
I know that when my daughter was growing up, and I and I don't know where it came from, but I was very insistent that we had a at least one routine family event a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we lived in Germany, we would go to the mess hall to eat breakfast every Saturday morning with the soldiers, and this little toddler would crawl all over them and do all this <laughs> other stuff. And then we'd go to the matinee at the theater. Oh, nice. And I know when we first moved to Austin for years, every Monday night we went ice skating. And so oh. those things were traditional, and I to me they were comforting because yes. that gave me as a wife but I think as a child, I think it gives them a sense of stability. Am I right? Absolutely. That stability is so important, and that's the value of routines. And I tell my clients, just take a look at nature. The sun comes up and the sun goes down, and we can look at all of creation and see that every every creature has its routines, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. Our routine is family dinner. I don't know mm-hmm. how that... I, and I, I wonder, I'm like, well, gosh, all of our kids did sports. We were, you know, we were busy family, but that was the one, my one thing that's like, well, if we don't have family dinner, how are we going to eat? I mean, it was never something that I decided upon. It was just how I was raised. It was how Eric was raised. We didn't know any other way to eat, you know, aside from <laughs> sitting on down to a table and eating. And so that enables us to have those conversations. We have an, our our rule at the family dinner table is no toys, no technology. Mm-hmm. So and that and that means, as our youngest has learned, when your cell phone is underneath your your thigh, that still is at the dinner table. You know, <laughs> so, so you can't have it anywhere near where within a, a hands reach distance. It has to be put away. But we were always amazed. You know, our kids would come home from school. We'd say, oh, how was your day? I like that. Oh, and, you know, they wouldn't say a whole lot. But then around the family dinner table, they'd go, oh, yeah. And they'd tell us this crazy story. Mm-hmm. We're like, oh, wait a minute. Why didn't you tell us that like four hours ago when you got <laughs> home? Right. I, I always like asking probing questions like what was the funniest thing that happened today or what what caused you to pause today? What did you really have to think about today at school? You know, did somebody ask you a Ooh, heavy. A, right. Well, or <laughs> did, you know, like did a teacher ask you a question that you had to really think about? You know, so those the, the that has helped my kids to open up a little bit more besides. How was school today? Because <laughs> we're all just going to go. It's fine. Well, so, Suzanne, <laughs> we keep saying about this HOPE program. What yeah. is the HOPE program? Help us understand what, what HOPE offers for the community, what gap the HOPE program fills within our community. Well, uh, the HOPE program partners with churches, social service agencies, and the community. We provide no-cost trauma-informed counseling and education in Williamson County. Uh, we serve uh, the Williamson County residents at two locations, one in Georgetown at the Community Resource Center and the other at the main campus, Texas Baptist Children's Home in Round Rock. So as the program director in Georgetown, I have a team that includes our community outreach coordinator, one full-time therapist, and two part-time therapists. And in addition to individual couples and family therapy, our team also provides educational groups and workshops. And these opportunities are also at no cost. And folks can register for those by going to Texas Baptist Children's Home website, tbch.org, and look at the HOPE program services. Um, There's also information there about Texas Baptist Children's Home. So are you telling me that if I'm kind of a new mom, not really sure what I'm doing, and I want to attend some life skills educational classes, I can go to tbch.org, look at HOPE program, and there would actually be something there on offer? Yes, look at the groups and workshops, and uh, we will be offering various things throughout the year. Both the Round Rock campus and the Georgetown campus offer these at no cost to the community. And how do they do that? How do they How do they offer it at no cost? Well, Texas Baptist Children's Home has been around for more than 70 years, and I can tell you that uh, we are well-known and well-supported. When we opened the office in Georgetown, we were partially funded by the Georgetown Health Foundation. Uh, But we 
have just a wonderful community that knows us and loves us. And um, I do want to share our mission with you. And I believe that's why we are supported so well. We embrace children and families in need in order to empower and equip them for a promising future. Mm. That's fine. And you had said that you also offer no-cost trauma-informed Counseling. So what, what counts as trauma-informed counseling? I mean, I'm guessing it's not, oh, my husband and I are having some marital problems. We want free counseling. But so w- at what point would a family maybe who's having a hard time making ends meet and they're having some struggles with their kiddos, at what point would they be able to take advantage of that offering? Well, all you have to do is you can go to our website and fill out a contact request referral. We'll contact you, or you can call our main number. I can give that to you at the end of uh, the program. But um, the administrative staff will take down your information and email that to me. And um, a lot of times we do have to put you on a wait list. There may be a bit of a hold. If it's an urgent need that we can't help you right away, we do have a wonderful resource and referral list. Uh, But as soon as one of our staff, either at Round Rock or Georgetown, have an opening, we uh, give you a call. We sit down with you. We have initial uh, intake session. We uh, tell you about who we are. We learn more about what you and your family needs. And we partner together to collaborate and try to serve you the best we can. Mm. So, again, uh, it's no-cost counseling, Mm. and we're going to work uh, as best we can to fit you with the right counselor. And as someone who's been through counseling multiple times because of my own um, dark days Mm. (laughs) and and traumatic events in my life, no-cost counseling is an amazing gift mm-hmm. because counseling is not cheap. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the, it it is helpful. It, it does all the things that you said. It helps you stabilize and, and learn to live with the trauma that you've experienced. And so this is a, a great gift to the community. Well, and for those families that are thinking, oh, my goodness, if I go and contact them and fill out an application, I'm going to have Child Protective Services standing on my doorstep. Are you tied in to that? Are they going to are they or is this completely a confidential outside process? It's it's a completely confidential process. Um, Our administrative staff just get down basic information like an email address and phone number so that we can contact you. And then we bring you in and go over the informed consent and confidentiality notice of privacy practices. And we do inform you that all of our staff and counselors adhere to our core values at Texas Mm -hmm. Baptist Children's Home. So then from there, you can make a decision if it's a good fit. And if so, we go over an informed consent with you. You give us some information. And usually by the time we've met two or three sessions, we can uh, come up with a treatment plan. And uh, we're going to collaborate with you to work on your goals. I love that. Wow. Could you kind of give our listeners a brief overview of exactly the mission of the Texas Baptist Children's Home and then... Also, specifically, the HOPE program, does that acronym, or is is that an acronym, and what does that stand for? (laughs) Yes, it is an acronym. Uh, Right now, I think we just refer to it as the HOPE program. But uh, years ago, my supervisor actually was, um, I think, responsible for the acronym, and they hired her to work in the HOPE program, Healthy Opportunities That uh, protect and empower. Oh, I um, like that. Yeah, nice. yeah. And so the the again the mission states uh, we embrace children and families and needs in order to empower and equip them for a promising future. And then Texas Baptist Children's Home also has a vision to make a difference in people's lives by applying resources to needs so that mm-hmm. all those we serve have the opportunity to reach their God given potential. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and one of the things that I love about the HOPE program being within the Texas Baptist Children's Home and having the the uh, Texas Baptist Children's Home being established over the last 70 years, being active within the community, is that you know the other churches who are in the area that can help. You know, whether it's the Stevens program at First Baptist Church or 
it is other, um, you know, Christian counselors in the area when, you know, your waiting list is long. So there's so many areas, whether it's marriage counselors or whatever it is, you have a a big list of individuals who you um, can all refer to so that you don't just tell someone, no, you say, here's what to do in the gap, and you don't uh, just send anyone away. And I just, I love that about what you do. Well, Suzanne, I have a, I have a question for you. We talked about it before we were Our going teaser. to break. Our yeah. teaser. And this is something that that parents tend to struggle with. We have this electronics, this media. We have all of these sports activities, all the educational demands of the school environment. And how much is too much for our kids? What do we as parents, how do we engage and make sure that we're not, we're not causing problems with our kids? Well, um, I just want to take everyone back to the idea of routines and uh, rituals in the home because these are the things that really help families to thrive together. And I think that you need to start with just the basics, considering the age, personality, temperament of your child and your family. And you can start with the structure of how things are going with the basic necessities. For example, sleep. How many hours of sleep does your child require? Mm -hmm. How much free time and downtime, free play, does your child need? And how much family time in the course of a week? Now, you don't have to do these things all day. It doesn't have to be every day. But we do want the balance there, considering how long they're in school. And, of course, academics have to be uh, the priority Academics include homework. So if your child is struggling in school, if your child is struggling to complete their homework, then we are going to want to look at limiting, perhaps, uh, the use of technology. I think it has to be really a case-by-case basis, and that changes all the time, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It does, even within families. You know, I have one child that really monitors technology very well. Uh, can shut it down, can get some sleep, you know, really monitors well. I'm being very careful here not to use pronouns because um, I don't want to expose my kids. And then I have another child that um, really struggles to monitor that um, without parental, uh, I guess, supervision. Um, And so, you know, I think even in mixed families, you know, kids have different personalities, like you said. And so you might have to tweak things depending on each kid. And so rules from one kid to the next kid, they might change um, Mm -hmm. within a family structure. Right. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a question. You know, I um, I saw just all the benefit that sports had for my kids. They mm-hmm. were able to learn um, how to be cohesive as a team, how to put aside their own desires for the better for the for the best of their team, but also how to put forth their good their their top foot, the best foot, in order to benefit the team as well, and how to put in that time, but. Is there too much of a good thing? Can you have too much sports within a child's life? Or, you know, would you say, you know, yes, sports are good for some, but not for all? Yes. Well, um, keep in mind that our family is a little different in that our son is a middle school band director. So I have to also speak up (laughs) (laughs) about the creative pursuit. Sure, fine arts. Yeah. The fine arts. So, so again, it's going to depend on the family and the child. Mm -hmm. Does your child need the physical activity or the creative pursuits or a balance of both? And it could be then that um, you together have to decide for this school year what is the benchmark because that will change year to year. So you know your child, and just like signs and symptoms of a physical illness, you're going to be able to detect signs and symptoms of overload. They might get snappy and irritable if they're younger. They might cry and just tell you, I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, if if you want your child to be good at math, have them learn a musical instrument. Right. That is very true. Yes. You know, I, I see this um, really significantly 
specifically with my son, you know, if he does not get enough sleep, he really struggles. And he's 17 to process things clearly. I think we're all like that, mm-hmm. you know. Um, you know, maybe we, as we get older, we have more coping mechanisms to deal with things. But I, I see this very, very clearly that there can be an overload uh, for sure. Now, Suzanne, what what signs or behaviors should we really look look for, watch out for, for, you know, we might see our kids a little off, but we might just dismiss it. Um, oh, they're just having a bad day or, you know, gosh, I didn't pack the right, you know, sandwich in their lunchbox. But their blood sugar's a little bit low. Yeah. Like what what are some specific things that we might should really perk up if we see these happening? Uh, right. Well, like troubled uh, children are not going to just have an off day here and there. They are going to exhibit many multiple warning signs over a course of several weeks and months even. So it's best not to overreact to just a single incident or a few bad days. But if you're noticing patterns of changes, that's what we're looking at. So your child doesn't seem to be themselves uh, you need to be alert for signs such as social withdrawal or uncontrollable rage and anger, uh, feeling picked on, uh, behavioral problems at school and at home. Uh, so, again, these are symptoms of anxiety, stress, depression, just being overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's when we need to pick up the phone and call call your phone, your, your number for sure, seek help for our children in those situations. Suzanne, walk me through having a good, you said don't overreact, but look for patterns. So let's say we're having a pattern. How do we engage that child in a conversation to assess where their mental health is or where that problem might be to where we know what next steps we might take? Well, um, I think with um, the parent in being in tune with the child, we want to engage them. We want to connect with them. So how do we do that? We make eye contact and we sit down with them. We may even go knee to knee, eye to eye, hand to hand and have Mm -hmm. a conversation. It's powerful when we sit down and take the time to give them our full undivided attention for that serious talk about what's really going on. But just being able to ask good open-ended questions and really listen, you might just discover some things if the child will open up to you. You know, I've I've been quiet because my daughter is grown an adult and I didn't have, I don't have grandchildren. So she was a one and done thing. And so (laughs) it's been a few years, but I do remember a, a a time, and and one of the concerns I have is it seems like parents, young couples today with children, there's so many activities both for them and for the kids, and it's it's like this constant whirlwind of activity and and stuff. But I do know at a point in my daughter's life when she was in elementary school, um, where I felt like everything was what we wanted. You know, we were doing this and we were doing that and. And I finally set her down, as you just described, and said, what one thing do you want to do? Because I had her music lessons, and she was not at all interested in that. <laughs> it was like, no, this is not for me. And and yet she is quite a lovely singer. But um, she picked horses, so I'm warning you, parents, it can be expensive. <laughs> but uh, she did. She picked horses, and that was her thing all the way through high school and college. Oh, wow. And um, so, it, and we had no experience with horses. So, so I guess what I'm saying is, parents, you don't really, it doesn't have to be your thing. Right. I, I sat there. I never could get quite where, which was the right lead and which was the wrong lead on the, mm-hmm. you know, and what Kathy on, knows what that means. What on earth is a flying lead change? Yes. Yes. I know what it is, but I couldn't <laughs> describe it and tell you when it was good and when it was bad. But, but at the same time, one of the things that she came back to me as an adult with was, Mom, you were always there. Oh, so, so that was good. good. <laughs> that was a good. That was a brownie point. That's so, but I do think that conversation that you're talking about is mm-hmm. critical. Yes, mm-hmm. healthy conversations. Yes. Well, and even as a, a an elementary school student, she she knew 
um, and she had a dream. So that's and she was able to verbalize it with and you. And it had to great. be totally different from anything, Mom and right. Dad. Right, of course, of course. <laughs> Friends, we have more to chat about here um, with our mental health professional, Suzanne Wood. It's just so great to have her in studio with us, and, and we have more questions for her in our final segment of Love Talk. We'll get to that. Uh, some safety and wellness issues, mental health issues, school services as well. Um, so we're going to discuss all of these issues with Suzanne when we return to Love Talk right after this. Hello, friends, and welcome back to today's Christian Talk. You found the love ladies here. I'm Coach Carrie Brinkader in studio with Kathy Enderbrock and Marlene McMichael and our new friend, Suzanne Wood. We're so grateful that you're here today with us, Suzanne. What are some of the safety and wellness issues that you see and, you know, how prevalent are these? Um, well, we do see a lot of uh, grief and loss, anxiety, stress, um, eating disorders, mm-hmm. some bullying. Um, there's issues of online safety. Yeah, sure. So in all of these safety and wellness issues, I do want to mention before we get too far along that if someone is in immediate danger of hurting themselves or others for that we do call 911 or take them to the closest emergency room uh, or nearby psychiatric hospital Uh, for a mental health crisis or suicide we can now remember the number 988 Mm -hmm. for mental health Mm -hmm. it can be accessed by call or text and this number, similar to 911, is for folks experiencing a mental health crisis. Previous to this, one needed to call the National Suicide Hotline Prevention Number. And while this number won't go away, it's now routed through the new 988 system. And this number was just rolled out this past week. Yeah, wow. yeah, I saw that. Um, I think that's awesome. And it's much easier to remember than the... 10-digit suicide hotline. So very, very helpful. You know, Suzanne, raising teenagers is not easy today. I got to tell you, it's just not. And we don't, I mean, things are just so different than when when I was a teenager. We didn't have all this technology. We didn't have all these outside influences. It was just what we saw at school or what we could look up in Encyclopedia Britannica. Right. And now it's just all right there. And it's just this flood of information and not always good. And so I'm sure you've seen an uptick in a lot of these issues that have to deal with social media. So when our child comes to us because they see some of these issues that you just mentioned, you know, maybe substance abuse or or bullying or or just grief, loss and, and, you know, our child comes to us. And they've seen some of these issues in their friends. What do we as parents do and how can we help them navigate this very difficult situation? Well, I I understand your concerns. I think uh, responsible parents are going to know what's going on in, in the world. They're going to do their own research and be intentional about educating their children and uh, just keeping open lines of communication. When your child comes to you, that's a good sign that you have a healthy relationship because they feel comfortable enough to come and share that concern with you about their friends. So it's important for us then to not jump to conclusions and not jump to a reaction just yet. We do want to listen, ask good open-ended questions to learn more and get all of the information we need first before taking any action at all and even if you're comfortable praying with your child but certainly we need to stop and ask for God's wisdom guidance and directions in these matters Mm -hmm. Uh, so it really does depend on what the circumstances are because you might just learn that maybe uh, they lost a grandmother and the family's sad and so in that case can you and your child share a meal And that would be one thing that you could do that's positive. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe you need to offer to spend time with their child and arrange a play date. Um, Can you help the parents 
if there's practical suggestions uh, for the resources and referrals that you can share with them that you've learned about. So it's not always necessary to take um, action, but if necessary, you can use the 988 number or you can even call Texas Baptist Children's Home and ask for our resource and referral list. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you for that. And when you say online safety, for those listeners who are like, online safety, what does that mean? Well, again, there are parameters that are out there. You can um, download some apps. You can go online and do your research. I am not the expert on that particular thing, but I do know that even the Georgetown ISD has a whole section on online safety. So you can do your research and do your homework and find what's going to work best for you and your child or teen. Okay, because I know that there are there's human trafficking that takes place over those online contacts. So, yeah, we've had to sadly educate our kiddos on that. Yeah, it actually sure. is a growing arena, um, particularly under COVID. Um, uh, predators mm-hmm. through, through the Internet have become more prevalent online. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it is something parents need to watch. Yes, we had to learn for uh, our daughters to have all of them turn off their tracking on all of their social media apps. Because if you have your tracking turned on, you know, they can, everyone can see exactly where you are every minute rather than just having the one for mom and dad. Right. You actually have to turn that off on those. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Yeah, for sure. Marlene, you've got a a final question here for us. I do. I mean, we've talked about some really heavy topics and some good ones Mm -hmm. but and happy ones. But we know that there are some scary things out there and that children today face more than we imagined as kids ourselves, Mm -hmm. certainly more than I did. But still, we want to end on a really positive note, and we want to know what is the best advice you can give parents to prepare their children for school? I think the best advice really does come back to those uh, trauma-sensitive principles. There's the connecting principles where, where we encourage that healthy bond of attachment by making that eye contact, healthy physical touch, spending time just in their presence and being intentional about that. Uh, there's the empowering principles. We have talked about several things that we can do to set them up for success in their home environment and school environment. Learning principles where we're educating ourselves, we're educating them, remembering that discipline is about teaching and training. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the, the best things we can do is just keep those open lines of communication. And children need to be taught. Families need to be taught. And uh, I wanted to end on a positive note by just sharing an activity that I did with a group yesterday in Georgetown where uh, I had an expressive art activity with parents and children ages 8 to 12. And the activity was one I've done in the past, but it was about worries that we can control and worries that we cannot control. Mm. So this is good for both the parents and the child to have this discussion. So I had a couple of poster boards, and the children and their parent put worries I can control on a Post-it note. They picked one or two things to put up there on the poster board, and then they put worries that they cannot control. After they had that up there, I was able to read those out loud, and we had everything from I'm afraid to go back to school Mm -hmm. to uh, cancer in the family to uh, grief and loss where they had lost loved ones. So that was just a pivotal moment then for us to move forward into a worksheet that I gave them that had about 20 different resources. The question is, what is a resource? It's the skills. It's the people. It are, it's the things that you need in order to deal with these worries. Worries we can control. We need a plan of action. Worries we can't control. How can we think about this together as a family? And that's where you can bring your faith into it. I think that praying the scriptures, uh, teaching your children how to pray, praying with them is really super important. And at the same time, you can talk about those resources and skills that are needed. The children pick things such as courage and strength and kindness Mm. and love. And the little girl that was so worried about going back to school, um, 
I gave everybody uh, some clay. And it's a polymer clay that you, that you can bake. And I had them make little tokens to remind them of that resource. So with that courage resource, what she decided to do was she went ahead and she made a little clay backpack. She had a pencil and her teddy bear and all kinds of stuff that she made out of clay and put with her backpack. So then they can take that home and bake it. And that's a reminder of a resource that is needed to get through a difficult and challenging time. Oh, I think that's so great just to to frame it like that with littles. What can you control, okay, and what and the things that you can't control, and the things we can't control. But you know, even just sharing it with mom or dad makes it lighter. I love that. I mean, yeah. if you can control it, a plan of action. If you cannot control it, equipping by growing skills and identifying mm-hmm. what those skills might be, and that is. Fantastic. I love it. Okay, Suzanne, once again, how can our listening audience get a hold of you? Yeah. Well, the website, Texas Baptist Children's Home, is tbch.org, and you can scroll down and look at the HOPE program online contact request form, or you can call our main number at 737-444-2590. Thank you so much for that. That was 737-444-2590. Friends, the the hour's already gone. Coach Carrie Marlene, I don't know how this happens every time. I know. Suzanne Wood, thank you so much for joining us on Love Talk. We've just loved having you with us. And, friends, we just love getting to spend uh, these Saturday mornings with you just to discuss the week that you've had and encourage you for the week ahead And friends, if you do not have a church, go look up a church, a church that uh, just presses into the Bible. If you're in Pflugerville, Pflugerville First Baptist Church is great. Main Street Baptist in in, uh, Georgetown, (laughs) First Baptist Church, Crestview. I hate to say Baptist churches because so so many different denominations, Mm -hmm. but find yourself a church that gives hugs and opens God's Mm -hmm. word and gets pressed into it, friends. And press into that relationship with Christ because, friends, he loves you and he delights in you. Well, we look forward to having you with us next week. If you want to find out more about this relationship with Christ, you can call us on the Love Line at 512-644-7972. See us on Facebook at Love Talk Radio. Go to our podcast at Love Talk, no spaces, all one word. And we will look forward to being with you once again next Saturday at 10 a.m. For Coach Carrie Brinkater, Marlene McMichael, I'm Kathy Endebrock. Thank you for being with us for Love Talk.